Howdy folks, welcome back to the podcast. Today, Katie and I are going to be answering a few questions that we've received from you listeners. And as I've said before, we really enjoy doing this because it's a way for us to hear about what you're considering in your life, the various topics you're pondering, maybe with your spouse or in your home. And so we like discussing them because on some of these questions, we've got strong opinions on some of these questions we've never considered them before. And so we're kind of, you know, exploring them for the first time, which is always fun. And yeah, so it's always a fun discussion for Katie and I, and we appreciate you all taking the time to put these questions uh, in the box, in the question box and giving us some uh, material to speak to. I do want to say thank you to all of you who have left ratings and reviews on iTunes. That is such a gift to Katie and I, not only because of the encouragement we receive from reading your ratings or reading your reviews, but that also helps our podcast reach more people. So if you do enjoy this podcast, uh, yeah, please leave a rating or review on iTunes, maybe even share it to your social media platforms. And then if you watch our podcast on YouTube, if you subscribe to our YouTube channel, or if you like the video or comment, we enjoy that or not. We enjoy that. We do enjoy that, but that also helps our podcast grow. And we like, we like doing this. And so we want it to continue to grow and reach people and bless people. And we really appreciate, yeah, just the interactions we get with you because have, as we've said before, Katie and I are in the thick of it. I mean, we've got five young children and we want to view ourselves as students first and foremost, and being in uh, alert, having learning mindsets and growth mindsets as we are in this, in, in the thick of raising our children and being able to hear from like-minded Christians is so beneficial to us. And so thank you all for the uh, interaction and the engagement you give us. Anyways, let's get this thing rolling. The Now That We're a Family Podcast. Okay, so this is going to be a more lighthearted episode. We just got back from Thanksgiving with my family and my voice is out. I have a very vocal family. There's one, there's a lot of them. Mm. And then... So like we did Thanksgiving, I guess, with my my 10 siblings yep. and their spouses and kids, which was amazing. And then we did an extended Thanksgiving. We rolled right into hanging out with all my dad's side of the family and his eight siblings mm. and their kids and spouses and kids. And um, yeah, everyone's really, really loud and there's a lot of people and I rose to the occasion. Well, you have to. That's <laughs> the only option. Really, if you want to be heard or if you even just want to have a conversation, you really have to speak at a high high volume. And your grandpa kept, because well, Katie's family, Katie's parents and her siblings are living uh, with their grand, grandpa right now, or, or mm-hmm. he's living with them. And he just kept walking around telling everybody to quiet down. It was so funny. saying, stop yelling, stop yelling. Because if you guys just calm down and listen to each other, these conversations would be so much more profitable and enjoyable yeah but it's a little too late because oh yeah i mean he started the whole <laughs> he thing raised all his kids yeah. that way. <laughs> so it's always kind of funny when he comes in it's like you can't blame him because it's actually right yes but it's like uh 50 decades too late it is and he's kind of Five a yeller like late. in a good way like he comes in yeah it's not like with, yelling angry it's just no, yelling because yeah. you're excited he's excited about sharing exactly so anyways but i realize like my voice is really i really depend on this thing because one, we have the mm. podcast and then our reading times. I read like all day long 
And yeah. So we all really miss out when my voice is out. The kids have been talking about that because we've been home for, uh, I guess, three or a few days now, three or four days. Yeah. And your voice went out really the day after we got back. And the kids were looking forward to getting back to their reading time with you because they were missing it the entire time we were, we were gone. And now that your voice went out, they are just desperate for read, read aloud time, which I've been doing a little bit more of the read aloud time. Yeah, you have. It's been fun. And then the times when I've done it, I'm like, okay, everybody has to be very quiet. And yeah. I just have this very little quiet monotone voice. Anyways, so uh, we're we're going to be answering some of these questions for you, though. But we're going to stick to more more of the lighthearted ones tonight. We'll see. I mean... I mean, that's, that's what we say when we yeah. start. I like to save the heavier ones for when we can, like, really dig into it. But... Okay, do you have one or do you want me to ask you one? Why don't you start? Okay, Elisha, do you ever miss working in real estate? If so, what part? Yeah, out of all my past careers, real estate is the one I miss the least. And (laughs) I would say that I don't know if there's ever an aspect of real estate that I miss. You know, even as we've, you know, we purchased a home and we'll variously look at properties or, or homes with real, with realtors. And I mean, your uncle, you know, one of my best friends is a realtor. And so I feel like I talked to him a fair, a bit, fair bit about the industry and our local market. But to answer, a short answer to the question is no, I do not miss real estate. I do miss the service industry many times. I know that's not the question, but I'm going to answer the question. I wish they asked, you know, uh, I really miss the coffee shop environment from time to time. I spent so many years working at coffee shops and then I worked in restaurants for, for many years too. And as much as I was excited to get out of that field, primarily just because of the earning cap, you know, on that, like the ceiling is obviously relatively low. Uh, the job itself is, was always fun to me. It's just, it's just a good old time. And so there are various aspects about the food industry, uh, that I miss. Yeah. 20, uh, hindsight's also rose-colored glasses yeah that's how the scene goes say, I yeah. <laughs> because man i do not miss you being in the service industry and coming oh, home no the cons so mad definitely the cons <laughs> outweighed the pros the hours were so tough for but our you family. had a lot of really awesome uh co-workers yeah. at some of the places you worked and yes yeah okay i'll go go ahead you just went all right <laughs> what degree did katie get in college and why and is it beneficial for what she does now? Men, the Growth Initiative is now open for enrollment. The Growth Initiative is a six-week live coaching program for men that are looking to grow in areas of parenthood, in areas of provision, in areas of health, in areas of financial freedom and well-being, really in areas of life that matter most to you. When I look at my life and I think of my faith, my marriage, my my parenting, my physical health, my financial growth and, and ability to provide for my family, I know that in order to see growth in those areas, I've got to have a systematic approach to it. So when I look at my ideals and my dreams, those are only good to me if I'm able to break down an actionable plan that I can then execute. And that's what the growth initiative is all about. Customizing your actionable plan to see growth in the areas of life that matter most to you. So if you're a Christian man and you're a husband and you're a father and you want to grow in those areas of life that I already referred to, hop on over. I'll link it below and you'll be able to find a timeline that works for you. Like I said, this is a live coaching program 
six weeks long with live calls each week, along with tools and resources to help you up your game in those areas that matter most to you. And you can enroll in whatever time session, whatever time session, whatever session works for you time-wise. Okay, good question. I didn't see that one. Yeah, so I got a bachelor's of English and I could have gone the route of English literature or English writing and I went with English writing. So that may or may not surprise some of you guys, uh, depending on what you've read. If you see my grammar, you might <laughs> think that's surprising. Um, but obviously, some of my captions on Instagram and stuff like that are where I feel like I really got to uh, have my voice come across when it came to writing and writing's always been a passion of mine since reading, you know, little house on the prairie and the one room schoolhouse kind of thing. And then reading little women and having Joe be the writer, you know, the writer or the teacher always were like the romantic careers. Yep. And I was like, I want both of those. That's, mm. that's what I want to be. I want to yeah. be a teacher of English. And Shirley, another, and example, Shirley, another, another example. one. Yeah. It was just like, if you're an English teacher, and a writer, you always get the guy. And so it worked out. Apparently. <laughs> is that is that your dating advice? No, you got a little smudge advice. on one of your teeth too. Oh, do I? Right there. I just now noticed it. I don't think it'll I don't think people will see it <laughs> in the camera. Unless they okay, rewind. Is it gone? Yeah, it's gone. Yes, looks good. Okay, thanks. Let me know if that happens again. I'm missing my regular lip gloss. Yeah, no, it looks it looks Stuff's great. Kind of, I, I literally kind of I would have told you earlier if I noticed earlier, but I, I told you as soon as I noticed. Thank you. You're awesome. So anyways, that said, yeah. So I, I think it serves me a ton in my life. And that's the thing. I'm a kind of person that likes to think win-win. I didn't want something that wasn't going to serve me regardless of how life looked. Hmm. So I felt like if I stayed single, it'd be an awesome just life skill to have. If I got married, it would be a great life skill to have. And it has. It served us really well. I feel like any form of communication that causes you to process your thoughts and um, be clear on what you're trying to communicate. And, you know, you know, now as a homeschooling mother, I use that a lot and on this podcast. And, yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I'm sure actually, yeah, probably goes without saying that degrees are, they can be very, they, they vary in their application to your life. Right. Mm -hmm. But I do think that you and I both adhere to the proverb in all labor, there is profit. And uh, I mean, I say that there are some, there are some really stupid degrees people can get <laughs> and probably have gotten, but I think that you would even attribute, you would, you would, um, claim that to be a truth too in finishing your school. Yeah. Say, so, Hey, in all labor, there, there is a level of profit growing in character, growing in discipline, seeing tasks through being a problem solver. Yeah. Self-management, time mm -hmm. management, um, answering to someone aside from your parents. I was homeschooled. And so it really does change the game when you're answering to a professor. And so for those of you who aren't familiar with how I did school, we've gotten some flack with our statement that, you know, may or may not change, but our goal, I guess, being that we would like all of our children to have a college degree, hmm. not because, um, you need a college degree, it is just a piece of paper in a lot of instances, but you know, sometimes it's a handy piece of paper to fall back on. And so while we would love our children to be entrepreneurial, that piece of paper is something we would like them to have. Um, and we've gotten a little bit of pushback on that. I think because most people are assuming that children will pick their own path when they're between 18 and 21. And that's definitely what we want for our children. We want them to graduate with that at around 18 years old. Yeah. And 
the reason why we have that goal is because that's what I did. I just sure. turned uh, 19 actually when I graduated and it was really, really straightforward and simple. Now, obviously I had an English degree. I was not a computer science major or, you know, something sure. more technical Biology or whatever. Or... Okay. It was like a very simple degree, but I started when I was 16 years old. I tested out in my first two years in six months. So I did CLEP tests. Elisha did some CLEP tests too. Yep. And like sociology, I studied for two days. Um, but some of the other classes like psychology and natural sciences and my math classes and stuff like that, I studied for about three to four weeks. And then I would go in and I would test out the course. So that's a really awesome way if you have... Um, if you are homeschooling or you're not sure what you're going to do for your kid's college, it cuts the cost way down because you're only spending like a hundred dollars or I think I was paying 60 bucks a class at the time yeah. um, to pass the test. And it's just, it saves you so much time. Again, I got a, I got the AA in, in six months right? and then transferred to Thomas Edison university. I've never been there. I did it all completely online. I did my upper level classes through there. And I decided to do English writing instead of English literature because there's a lot of just like junk in literature, especially you have to study a lot of authors whose lives weren't really that admirable and their works, frankly, weren't that admirable either. And so, yeah, I don't know. So that's what we want to do with our kids, I guess, is we really would like them to, if that's still an option sure. when they are, what you know, in their early teens to be able to test out, really speed up their degree. I graduated with a four-year accredited degree for $14,000. Yeah. Like my dad did pay for it, which I was really grateful for. But I mean, 14 grand, that's a really good deal. Yeah. Yeah. I'm great. I mean, I'm grateful for it. And then I was able to move on with my adult life, I guess. Yeah. You know, and I was able to do that the whole time, living with my family, traveling with my family, working, all that stuff. So. Yeah. I think, yeah. I'm with you. I mean, our kids are going to be doing some academics until they're what, 17, 18, probably yeah. most, that's just how it usually works. And so you may as well have set a high standard or I mean a higher standard for what they're going to be doing and, and get some college credit while they're doing that. Yeah. I think a lot of people who have done their college degree would agree that your first two years of general ed are basically just a repeat of high school. Mm. So until you're getting into the specialization of your degree, you're just doing a lot of repeat work. Hmm. So anyways, yeah, that's kind of our whole college philosophy. So uh, yeah, okay. Okay. My turn. Okay. Go you, for it. Right? Go for it. Um, well, I mean, why don't you, why don't you ask yourself a question? Do you have one that you want to answer? You don't have one ready? <laughs> Man. I, I was thought... just answering. I'm also insecure about my lipstick on my teeth. I, I think you got it. Oh, let me see. The combination of my lipstick yeah, and no, my voice is just like really making this. You sound great. Situation. You look even better. Okay. Someone asked, are you going to be showing your children anymore on? Okay. Hold on. I okay. saw it and then I lost it. Wow. Okay. Well, I lost it. But someone asked, are we going to be showing our children anymore publicly or even on our paid platforms at some point? Oh, yeah. Ideally not. I mean, you know, I just sent out some photos in our email. So I would say not on social media, I think is if if I'm... Yeah. Not publicly online. Oh, like, yeah. like everything will be behind some kind of filter. Yeah. I guess you should say, you yeah. could say. Yeah. I feel like there's a little bit more safety in the sense that the likelihood of people 
being more supportive of who we are and, and what we're doing is greater if they are subscribed to our email or if they're in one of our programs. Uh, and then, yeah, things are so easy to go, you know, maybe viral online. And I like eliminating that option when it comes to our children. Mm -hmm. uh, clearly, you know, we've had our kids online a lot in these last five years. And yeah, we just want to move away from it, I think. Would yeah. You, do you agree? Yeah, it's funny. Like we didn't feel convicted about it before. Mm -mm. People would come and bring their concerns to us. Um, not like our parents or people, but just people we'd meet along the way, you mm -hmm. know, in conversation, like, are you guys worried about your kids being online? And we never were until we were. Yeah. And then once we were, we are just like, it's not worth it. I think there was this element of wanting to show the dynamic inside a home for those that it would be helpful mm -hmm. for. And so we didn't want to give that up really in the beginning because we heard from you guys how much you appreciated that and how much you enjoyed seeing it. And so that was really enjoyable for us. But having a camera in our home has never been ideal. And then the other thing is just we don't want people, we want people to have the opportunity for as few opinions about our children as possible. Hmm. I probably said that in a really weird way. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we just don't want to give... I don't want my child, you know, being 12, 13, 14, 15, getting online and reading all these comments about them. Mm. And that's already a really tough time in a child's life. And it's just really a bummer yeah. if you find all this stuff online. So if people don't see our kids online, then they can only assume what our children are like. And and it's also kind of hard because I'm really proud of our kids. Yes. I think they're awesome. And I love to share them with you guys. But it, it won't be something that we're doing publicly. Yeah. And, and, and again, I mean, like I said, we were just with family for Thanksgiving and siblings and aunts and uncles that were sharing videos or photos of the family gatherings online. And we're, we're not hyper paranoid about we, that. Yeah. We we're, aren't like freaking out and shutting everything down right. from like, what put a sticker over a kid's face. Like yeah. that's not where we're at, but we aren't personally sharing yes. our children online. And, um, although I will say I was a little bit hesitant about it when I saw some of the stuff getting posted this last week. Oh yeah. So I don't know. I might get a little bit more like be that annoying mom later on in life, but right now it's just not a big deal. And, um, and, and we aren't like swearing to some kind of standard here. It's just as we feel comfortable. Yeah. If, if, you know, I share a day in the life in or a homeschool day in the life or something for a homeschool group or for the get it all done club. If my children show up in a video, cause I'm taking you guys on a more private, um, tour of our home or whatever, those might be things that we do in the future and the kids might pop up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, uh, I do like, like what you said, we had zero conscience issue with it until we did. And it's mm -hmm. one of those things where it is, it is kind of nice to have those moments where you feel like the Lord really is directing you, uh, and being like, wow, this, I had, yeah, like I said, I had zero conviction about this. And then one day I woke up and I did have a conviction about it. I think that mm -hmm. might, that might be from the Lord. And, and you can really be, I don't know, grateful that he is guiding and directing us in that, in that way. And, um, w with some of these things that are, are new, right. There's, there's not a how to guide, um, in the Bible on how, on how to, how much to present your children online or yeah. what to present. And so we're figuring this thing out with the rest of our generation on yeah. how much we're going to have our kids online. 
Yeah. So I think, I think it can be unhealthy either way. Cause I think it could be unhealthy with the negative side. And then with kids that are more, they like the limelight a little bit more. It could feed that a little too early. Mm. And we just don't want them to be worried about how they're appearing online. We want them to just be able to be a kid yes. and not worry about how many likes something's getting wow. or if people say they like them or, you know, it could, it's hard enough to deal with both sides as an adult. Yeah. And it's just not something that I would wish on my children. Yes, same. Okay, I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. Are you guys involved in ministries at your church? Um. Okay, well, I wouldn't actually say we're involved in ministries at our church. We obviously give to our church and we're a part of our home group, a home group at our church. And I'm really grateful for the support that that is and that I really feel like everybody, it's a pretty big group, like probably 14 or 15 families and everyone really ministers to each other. I know we've been huge recipients of that ministry when it comes to meals and help with children and just like, just help. If you need help, you've got a lot of people available. Um, but we aren't like, it's not, it's not a specific ministry at this point that we are heading up or a part of. Yeah, I would, I would say that we are part of, I, I okay. only in that we don't head up any ministries, Yeah. but I do think like the, the Tuesday night group that we are a part of really is a collaborative effort, even though clearly the Della hooks carry the weight of heading it up and they yeah. organize everything. They, they, yeah, they lead the discussion. It's the, they're the leaders of the group. They provide a lot of the meals, but you contribute big t- anytime you bring one of those meals. I mean, you're, you're making a meal for. How many people? 80, 60? What, how many people? Yeah, like 60 80 or 80 people. people. We all share that responsibility. So, yeah. um, so that's why I feel like we are turns. Yeah. Buying and preparing a meal for everybody. And yeah. And then I've played a handful of times I've done music. Uh, and once again, that's something that I want to be able to be part of as time allows, but yeah, we aren't formally leading any mm-hmm. church groups or yeah. heading up any local or any church ministries, but maybe in the future, I think, I think we have a desire to do it a lot about it. And we, we would, I think, yeah, we'll just see what the Lord has and what the needs are of the church. You've talked to some of the elders about some things. Yeah. I love Um, the father son ministry. I'm a part of at a, at a different church. It's not our local church, but I go and participate in the father son ministry. So I would like, at some point in the future to be able to head something up like that at our church. Yeah. Cause it's really blessed you. Yes. And it would be something that our church could really benefit from. So yes. that, that'd probably be the first um, thing that we took on at our local body. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know what the Lord has. Yeah. And then as the kids are developing their music skills, I mean, we are all just playing tonight and it's so fun to hear them progress. I, I would be so fun to lead worship as a family. Yeah. We've talked about that too. It'd yeah. be really fun to lead as a family. So I think that's in our future at some point as well. Yeah. So we will see. You're, you're next, Katie. Okay. Um, I just, I, I always like get so confused about these Q and A's and I know it's like the most simple thing in the world. Could I just say a question that I'd want to answer? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. Okay. Oh my goodness. Okay. So this one's to me. How would you order these items in terms of priority? Home, children, self, and public. So it kind of, it's kind of fun because it sounds like a game on like 
a phone that I used to have at one time where you like order things in order of priority and then you get points or something. So how I would do this is children and self are really tricky. There's a really fine line because obviously children are the relationship. There's home, children, self, and public. The only relationship listed in this list are the children. Mm-hmm. And so I would say children first, but as a, as kind of a part of that, taking care of yourself feeds into that. And this can get really blurry because it's really easy to start saying, I need my self-care in order to take care of my children well. And straight up, that's not true. We can give from an empty cup. And we do. That's when you grow. As parents, we give from an empty cup all the time. And the Lord is our strength. He's made perfect. His strength is made perfect in our weakness. And we aren't always rested and in good health and doing well. Um, when we are serving our children. So, but, but that said, I think we can do a lot more optimal job of that when we are taking care of and taking care of ourselves. So I would, you know, those kind of go in and out of priority up there, I would say. And then after that, I would, it's an easy home. Home needs to be in order before anything public is in order. Mm. Uh, the public is just a, well, okay. A healthy public perception or public um, portrayal is what you practice at home and who you're actually being at home. And it's just an overflow of who you are at home. I think we've all known people or even, I mean, we've been those people at times where you go out in public, the home's not in a good place and you're faking it till you make it. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't feel good to you. It doesn't feel good to your kids. It doesn't feel good to your spouse. And it's often seen as a fraud from from people in public. You just, it's hard to give from that place. So that's easy. I would say the home is where everything actually happens. And the public is just an overflow of what's happening in the home. Yeah. I think of that often with the Proverbs 31 woman who her children rise up and call her blessed and her husband is known in the gates. Uh, it's like, you can't skip that one. You can't yeah. skip that they're taken care of. And then, yeah, she is out and she's considering a field and she's taking care of her servants and she's buying and selling. Uh, and she's having, obviously, an impact in her community. And I, I, I would always say this, even prior to being married, my mother, who is you know a Proverbs 31 woman through and through, I admire her so much. And when we would travel and perform, people would praise my mom. And they'd be like, wow, she's so amazing. She's a great singer. She raised all these children. And I remember thinking as a young man, like you don't like you don't even get to see the best of her. Like knowing as a kid, so we cool. got the best of our mom at at home, and being able to go perform concerts was an overflow um, from the, it was an it was like the, the an excess. It was the abundance. It was that hospitality piece where she always was her her a game was at home. Mm-hmm. Like that's where she thrived and she poured into us, and we always we always knew that. And then as a result of that, she is admired in the community. Her children rise up and call her blessed. And the impact that she now has at her local church and in her community is, is great. So, yeah, yeah. that's so cool. I always felt that way too, growing up and like, yeah, obviously at home you do get the good, the bad and the ugly. So you see more of the arguments and, but there's something really healthy and beautiful in that as well, because you also see the reconciliation that other people don't get to see. Yes. And so I think it's really beautiful. The, everything that you get to see in the home in the workings of the home. And unfortunately, I think more often than not, it is assumed that when 
people are appearing well in public that it is put on and that it's a show. Uh, I think often because of people's own experience, maybe in their homes. Um, Because I know that growing up, we got accused of that all the time. Yeah. People would say my parents' marriage was fake or that, you know, we were fake and all that. And it was just, it was kind of sad because I like to assume the best about people in public because if we don't, if we think that everything's fake, then there's nothing that encourages us to grow. Right. Like when I see someone whose kids are well-behaved in public or who are dressed nice in public and a couple who seems to love each other in public, my first thought is not, oh, well, they're just putting on a show for me. It's like, wow, I want to grow to be able to be that way from an overflow. Yeah, Yeah. I want to aspire to that. And and maybe, maybe that isn't how it always is at home. But I think that for us as viewers, it is always healthier to take the option of aspiration and growth versus I'm going to poke holes in that. So I don't need to feel the need to grow. Yeah. uh, Boy, that's such a good mindset to have. I do think there maybe a dangerous thing is idolization is Mm -hmm. putting people on a pedestal, but I'm with you, Katie, you hear so quickly whether or not people have an attitude that wants to grow and they want to see growth in their home and their children develop and their marriage grow based off of whether or not, and I've, and I've been in that season before where I'm a total skeptic and it's like, no, nobody's really that happy or their kids are probably brats at home or their, their kids are acting that way because they're scared. Their dad's going to backhand them, you know, when they get done or like you just say all these things to maybe justify uh, or validate your lack of intention in that area. Mm -hmm. And we do, yeah, it's easy to do it in any category of life. Yeah. You see somebody saying, whatever, great shape. And like, oh, they probably idolize that. You know, they do it at the, the neglect of their marriage and their kids like they're in great shape dude just like be okay (laughs) that like he's like that's a good thing you know it's a good thing that he's in good shape uh (laughs) yeah no i agree so anyways what would you say what was the question (laughs) it's your turn it's my turn oh uh okay uh do you guys watch sports on tv do your boys like watching sports what would you say? I'm asking you. I want to hear it from your perspective. You're asking me? Yeah, I feel I, this is the thing. I feel that question, like the wife always has a different answer than the husband. And so, <laughs> I'd be curious what you would say. Well, let's just so hear what you So we don't have cable in our home. We don't have TV in our home. Um, we don't. So when Elisha and I got married, I grew up not watching sports at all. We were a girl family. It just wasn't a thing. Hmm. And then Elisha would watch highlights on his phone and I'd really judge him for it. And so then he just took to sitting in our very, very tiny bathroom for hours at a time. I never knew where he was. Never hours at a time. (laughs) It wasn't hours at a time. It felt like that when you're like the newlywed wife, just sitting out on the couch, waiting for your husband to get out of the bathroom. Anyways, it was probably like 15 minutes. And then every once in a while now, so then it stopped bothering me because Elisha just really doesn't sit around and watch sports. It's like a very rare thing when he will get on and check. And then every once in a while, and I don't follow the sports schedule, so I don't know when this is. I, for some reason, my email is always the email Elisha puts in, but I'll get like a charge for $7 for something, some streaming device. (laughs) And I'm assuming that watching more than the highlights is more important for a week or two. (laughs) And then it gets canceled. And that's kind of (laughs) how our experience with sports is. I'm really grateful The boys are going to value whatever Elisha values. That's just Mm. the way it's going to be. And he knows that. And so I'm grateful for the intentionality that he has. 
with things like sports and knowing that they can become an escape or something that is just um, something that a man can abdicate. Like he can abdicate his role as a father and a leader by just kind of existing and watching anything. But sports can be one of those things of kind of external, what do you call it? It's externally when you're living through someone else, vicarious, Vicarious, like vicarious fulfillment. Mm -hmm. fulfillment. So I don't know. It's a very, very rare thing in our home. I mean, but I would say the boys have, have watched highlights with you maybe like twice this year. Yeah, that's what I, that's how I was going to answer this was. I'm like thinking of the times. I'm like, I remember the times. Yeah. And, and I, and I will, I'm not, I'm going to pat myself on the back here. I was going to say, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but then I was like, who am I fooling here? That's exactly what I'm about to do. This year especially has been the least sports yes. media that I've consumed probably since I was like 11 years old. And I guess I am a little bit proud of that and that I feel like I'm replacing that with more beneficial things and a, and a huge, yeah, an impetus to trying to drive that, you know, pull my media time back, sports media time back was my sons. Mm -hmm. It was just objectively saying like, is this who I want my boys to see me as? Uh, and with each year they grow older, I'm more and more convinced. I want them to see me as the dad that's out doing stuff, not watching other guys do stuff. And I want to do stuff with, with them. And again, I will, I mean, I'm trying to think of if I've even, what is it, de- almost December now? And so, you know, the fo- like NFL's, I mean, I don't even know how many weeks in the NFL is. And yeah, I don't think I've watched one game. If there's, if we're at a say, restaurant. I haven't seen anything about the NFL. Yeah, if we're at a restaurant, I'll I'll look up and I still know enough to like kind of care. You know, I'll mm-hmm. know wh- wh- which teams are, and what, how, however they're doing or who the quarterback is or whatever. Uh, but I don't think I've watched a game this season. And then I will say at the end of the baseball season, uh, yeah, the, the Mariners, my childhood, you know, team when they rooted for, they were kind of in a push there for, I was going to um, say, I think that's maybe when I got the yeah last charge. I remember some baseball, yeah, but no football. Yeah. And so they're towards the end of the baseball season before. And, they, and, and that's a funny thing when they missed the playoffs, I had this, like, I was kind of relieved. I was like, okay, like I can just let that, let that rest. Cause if they would have made the playoffs, I would have kept watching. Um, and so, yeah, I say that all to say I enjoy sports probably just as much as ever, but I've found other things that I enjoy more and that I really like doing with my boys and that are far more fulfilling. Um, and so, yeah. And, and also, you know, we do the whole screen free thing with our kids and I've been experimenting more with not being on screens for, for, for the sake of entertainment. Obviously we work on screens, uh, we learn on screens, but when it comes to leisure and entertainment, I've been making a point to do either audio you know, listen to audiobooks or listen to podcasts. Uh, but for entertainment, I've not been going to screens and I really prefer that. I, I really think it is a lot more life giving and it actually inspires in me a lot more change. Like I want to go do more when I'm reading or when I'm listening to something versus when I'm entertaining myself via just watching, there is more for me, a propensity just to do more of that. Like I'm just mm-hmm. going to keep consuming. So that's another sideline motivator but yeah i would say it's not how they view you or something that they see you um value because our kids are at the stage especially a couple of our children are big time talkers like if it comes to their if they're thinking it they're also saying it which is a relief it's the ones that don't say stuff you just wonder what's going on in their head yes um and when it comes to what daddy likes and what daddy loves to do 
sports never comes up. Yeah. Um, they never ask you to watch sports. They never talk about sports ever. Like they talk about wars and battles and the books that they're reading and yes. the books that you're reading and stuff they want to do outside and stuff their friends are doing outside and lighting fires and building forts and like football, baseball, basketball never comes up ever. Yeah. It's Would funny. you say? No, yeah. I mean, we we play, we shoot hoops. Uh, they love to play with yeah, you. Yeah, we love playing they sports. They love throwing the football and yeah. hitting baseball. And it's funny because my dad would always talk about how he hit this point. I'm, I'm just now remembering this where he was, uh, he was he was fanatical about the Seattle Seahawks, the Supersonics, and the Mariners. And he grew up being a huge fan, going to all the games. And it was when he was about 30 years old that he had the conviction. He's like, man, how come I can remember, you know, the whole... All, all the starting lineups batting average for the, for the eight seasons ago you know the mariners from eight seasons ago but i can't memorize scripture and i really was identifying that there for a bit where it's like man i know quarterbacks qbr rating but i'm not memorizing scripture that much and it's funny how there's that that coming of that full circle it's like i'm at that stage again and i don't want this to be who i'm characterized by and i say that because my dad really wasn't characterized by it growing up he was a he was a true fan of all those things and then he prioritized us kids and he would enjoy bringing us to games variously you know we'd go to a couple mariners games every year went to a seahawks game with him um, we went and watched the supersonics and so great memories from that but we didn't have tv he wasn't watching the games every week or every night and i really appreciated that about him yeah i think you had some things like you said you'd listen to the radio like at 11 you would listen to the radio Right? Like, how did you follow sports at all? Oh, well, like growing up, it was 710 Cairo in Seattle. It was 15 and 45 past the hour. They'd have sports updates. Okay. And so I'd be able to hear the score from the day, from the night before, or hear who they're yes. going to play. And then we would so, listen to the Mariners. I'm the... saying, like, there was a value system there, though, on sports that I oh, don't yeah. think we have. Yes. Because I don't think, I'm assuming by like how our, how your sport life is going, I don't think at 11, Leon would be into that. Right. Yeah, at this trajectory? At this trajectory. Yeah. Unless it's something you chose to get more into. Yeah. Which maybe you will. Maybe you will. I, I don't think so. And that's yeah. the, that's actually another thing too, is that we lived, you know, close to a sports city uh, in Seattle. Yeah. And growing up. And then we're here in Coeur d'Alene. And it's just, I mean, obviously Seattle's not really crazy far teams. away, but it's not, it's, there's not like a huge sports culture here. Or even like you guys live next to your grandparents and they yeah. would watch the games yeah. and stuff. So anyway. Yes. Yeah. It's a good question. It's one of those things I think dads that are sports fans, dads that like video games, that dads that like movies or certain media. I know this is how it is for me. It really makes you consider it once anew when you're raising children and when you've got sons and you are you are telling them your value system every day. You're like this is what I value and they look up to you so much and they are going to gravitate towards your value system. And it's really, it's convicting. It's just like, wow, okay, what am I telling them I really like? What am I telling them I love spending my time doing? And it's exciting because we have so much uh, influence in their life. And at no matter what age, uh, that's the other thing too, is I really too feel like my appetites have changed. Mm -hmm. Like I just straight up don't have that craving or that want to know like I once had. I'm interested in different things now that I think are a lot more life-giving and, and beneficial to my family. So that's fun to know too. Just that, that boosts your confidence talking about growth or change. Yeah. When you grow, when you, when you truly move on from a habit that wasn't serving you and form a new habit, that just grows your confidence. You, then you realize you can do that in other areas of your life. And so that's fun for me. Yeah. And I feel like we're going to, 
potentially get women asking, because we do get this, um, about like what to do if their husbands are really, really, really into sports and it like rubs them wrong. And let me tell you, Elisha not being as into sports as when we first got married had nothing to do with me being in a bad mood whenever he checked the scores or wanted to watch a game or whatever. That was like, that just leads to bad memories and regret. That's funny. So let me tell you, if you can just love your husband and deal with your own life and let him enjoy watching sports guilt-free, if that's something that he enjoys doing, then do that. Like guilting your husband is never a healthy motivator and it just leads to resentment in the long run. And honestly, you changed your appetite on sports after I stopped caring. That is funny. Yeah. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, because like, there was I tons just, of friction going back. I like, mean, especially our first year, probably. Oh, uh, first three say? years. Three? Yeah. yeah, three years. Yeah, where I, I would was have so to, bad, you guys. like you said, I would have to go hide to check scores or. I don't know, silly things like that. I mean, it's embarrassing that that, that's how much I wanted to do it, obviously. Uh, But like you said, it wasn't some motivational speech that you gave me that sent me away from sports. Honey, Uh, (laughs) this isn't a good use of your time. Yeah, but would you say though, Katie, if it truly is, just from a wife's perspective, because nagging is always, is never helpful. It's like always the wrong. And and taking like a self-righteous, pious, approach is never helpful and you've never really done that and so i can (laughs) no i'm over here being so productive honey (laughs) but what is nice is when you make clear when something's a problem and then but so make your make your requests made known unto your husband and and like don't be passive aggressive sit down let him know how you feel about it yeah and in a nice respectful way like hey this bugs me Mm -hmm. and this is why and maybe have some reasons of like what it's taking away from. Is it just bothering you that he's sitting there relaxing and you're working or is it bothering you that the kids are becoming sports fanatics and that wasn't what you had in mind for your kids? Or is it bothering you uh, the commercials or having the TV Mm -hmm. on all the time? Or like, what is it about the, the sports that's frustrating you? So be clear on what that is. And then, let be open to him either taking that and giving it validity or being like, well, I get that, but this is why it's important to me and coming back with that. Sure. And then you just know where each other stand. And I feel like we had those conversations, Mm -hmm. not very respectfully. I was just annoying, 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 annoying. And then you would tell me, well, first of all, Elisha wasn't like that into sports. Like you wouldn't watch full games. Man, we went to a friend's house one time to watch a full game. I did not know like football is four hours, literally four hours. Like I got up at halftime and was like, I'm going to go shopping. Yeah. I remember that. (laughs) That's so much healthier than watching this game. Yeah. That was funny. I've just never sat on my rear end for four hours ever. Yeah. Anyways, (laughs) Anyways, <laughs> it was noteworthy. And the fact that this happens weekly, like I know it's like a big party and like a lot of awesome memories for a lot of families out there. So I'm not knocking it. I just didn't grow up with that. And so it was really like rocking my world. But this yeah, is even I mean, thing. even in my most like seeing when I was single, a big time sports fan, a Seahawks fan, when we had our good seasons, uh, I could, I couldn't watch a full game. Yeah. I would, you know, be working out or I'd, or I, I would do something while I'm watching it too, you know, like yeah. work out and watch it. Or I would wait, 
you know, I'd be at work and then I'd go watch the second half or I'd watch and the get, end. like friends will go over to each other's house and like visit and it's like social and everything. So whatever. It's it's great for other people. But the point is is I didn't like it and then we talked about it. Mm-hmm. You told me why you liked it and how and then I just had to let it go. Hmm. And then you just got over it. Got over it. Yeah. <laughs> So it was a win-win for me. Well, what's funny is it wasn't this huge relief when you stopped because I didn't care anymore. Yeah. But I do think it's really great that our boys aren't. Me too. I, I like my life better when I'm not a sports <laughs> fan. Um, yeah. I just like doing more than watching. So. Yeah. Okay. This is a quick one. What kind okay. of car do you have that can fit five kids in car seats? What? what? Can we legally answer this question? (laughs) (laughs) Just answer the question. Well, we've got, okay. (laughs) Wait, we're like not going to tell them about our seating situation. We've got a Ford Explorer. I don't know how it works, but it does. It's miraculous. (laughs) Strap one kid on the roof. (laughs) No, it's got seven seats in there. We, we need to, we've said it before. We hate buying cars. It's our, what Elisha's referring to our six year old. He's almost seven. Yeah. He does not sit in a car seat. He sit, you know, that really skinny, like it shouldn't even be a seat in between two car seats. Mm-hmm. He sits there. Yeah. I was referring to more like when our kids are bouncing around the whole car and nobody's buckled in. That's, I'm, that joking. Does not I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm <laughs> joking. That was my family growing up, but that was, that's not your family. Yeah. I'm pretty safety conscious about yes. having the kids buckled up and stuff. Yeah. And but, I like tighten the straps on the car seats. I, I don't like, yeah. 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 You're, you're legit. It's just that our six year old, we have some, he, he has some friends and stuff like that that are still in car seats. And then I feel bad all of a sudden, like it's not a rule in, in Idaho that he has to be in a car seat, mm-hmm. but depending on what state you live in or what your preferences are for your kids buckling safety. That might not be kosher. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, that said, we don't fit five car seats, but, and you couldn't, you could max fit four. So there you have it. And, and also Elisha can make five car seats and enough stuff to go on a three week trip fit in any car. He is a miracle worker. Wow. When it comes to packing. Other things too, but I really appreciate you when it comes to packing. Well, that's funny. This is the question. This was right below the one I was going to ask. What is a good compromise if I don't like my husband playing video games? There you go. I've never played video games, so I, I don't know. If wouldn't we can have speak married to someone that. who played video games. Right, I'm serious. Go. Like it was too big of a. It's nice when you get married and you know what already rubs you way wrong. And I couldn't handle a guy that played video games. And so it's tough if, if that rubs you wrong now and he played games then and it didn't bug you or it didn't bug you enough to be a deal breaker. And then you get together and then he's like, what's the big deal? You married me and I played video games. And Dr. Laura, I've got to say this. I've said it on another episode and you could take or leave her advice, but she has this statement and it's, you got to remember what animal you brought home. Mm. And I think that's a phenomenal word of advice for a wife because we do love to get married and then change our husbands. And we have to remember if he played video games before we got married, we signed on to a lifetime with a man that played video games. And so we don't just want to poke him with the pitchfork now for the rest of his life. Yeah. And I, and I will say conviction on his own part. Again, I wasn't, I didn't, I never played video games just to, they, I just didn't, I was never around them and and I never 
had an interest to. Uh, but I had my fair share of bad habits that I brought into marriage. And I will say you being who you were and living the way you were living, you know, living, uh, what does it say? Having your quiet conduct, uh, was, what is that passage? Is that well, is in, it like, first Peter yeah, three? First, yeah. Having your quiet conduct can convert. I mean, he's that's talking about a non-believing husband, but you just, your, your discipline, your character, your habits inspired me to change. And that, that, I think that says a lot to how you were living. I, and I and I do think you've got the ability as a wife and, and likewise as a husband to truly inspire change in your spouse. You are the most influential person in their lives. Uh, and so it's it's pretty fun to think about how much you can inspire your husband or your or your wife. And if nothing's breaking through, you've got to like re re uh, reassess your strategy. You're like, okay, maybe what what are my tactics here? You know, maybe the vision I'm painting for him actually isn't exciting to him or to anybody. Uh, and so I, I do think you gave, you gave me vision and inspiration for life where I was excited again to, I was excited to get out of bed at five o'clock. I was excited to not spend as much time watching sports. I was excited to do a bunch of things that well, maybe I didn't want to do before. And you inspire me a ton too. You know, the way these questions are phrased, we're focusing on the husband, but I've changed so much since being married to Elisha and just, um, we call it the touch of silence, which <laughs> my siblings Man. this week at uh, Thanksgiving, Kelsey came up to me and she's like, I saw Elisha give you the touch of silence. <laughs> we joke about it because I used to really just say whatever was on my mind and it that's very hurtful and it leads to a lot of regret and words matter. The Bible speaks to the power of the tongue and I was very flippant and I'm still too flippant with my words, but I was kind of like, I'll say it now and apologize later mm -hmm. if I need to. And... Elisha has really helped me um, just be like, okay, Katie, you're going too far or you're getting, your emotions are clouding this conversation and you're going to say something you regret or you're going to hurt someone's feelings or step on someone's toes. And so it's just, I mean, obviously people who love to picture Elisha as a overbearing overlord and me a doormat will love this idea of a touch of silence. <laughs> I know. It sounds great. So, but uh, <laughs> he would just, we would be married and I just feel his hand come over and grab my thigh and just be like, okay, like I'm getting, we're getting into kind of sketchy waters here. And it would, but it's like this, I'm so thankful for it. Cause it was this clarifying, like, oh, what am I saying? And I come down off my emotional clouded vision all of a sudden and start paying attention to the words I was actually speaking. And, um, I feel like you've trained me a lot. I've, <laughs> I've gotten a lot you, huh? better. Train up your wife in the way she <laughs> <Yes>. should go. <laughs> I have gotten a lot better at catching myself now. Uh, but, you know, seven days with your family and the touch of silence might uh, need to come out again and remind you uh, what you should say and what you shouldn't. So, I mean, that's that's one area that was a very big weakness of mine that I still tend toward being a weakness that you've really grown me in. and grown you in are you <laughs> sounding like i'm just like you've child helped me training grow you. you've helped yeah. me grow i've helped you grow no I mean, doubt you were just saying how you've helped me grow i yes. mean how i've helped you grow yeah and, that and is, it goes that is both a... ways you've just inspired me what like in any public setting elisha is the wise guy that sits in the corner that is so cautious with his words that i never sit in the corner says the things heck? that matter you know like the sage in the corner a wise man keepeth his words until afterward that's in the Proverbs. And that really stuck out to me because you are the guy that sits there and tell people go, 
Elisha, what do you think? I don't know. I'm not anti-social. I love contributing to the conversation. No, no. People don't need to like draw me out of my shell. I don't like the way you're painting me right now. (laughs) What I mean is this would happen with my dad a lot too. People ask for his opinion Uh because he's not just throwing it in their face. Yeah. And I can be the throw it in your face person Mm -hmm. and you wait, you have your opinion, but you will wait and let everyone get all their words out. And then people come to you and ask you for your opinion. I think that's a sign of a wise man. Mm. You can have the self-control of your tongue. Thanks. Uh, Yeah, that is an interesting uh, dynamic. The because we've talked, I think we even did a podcast episode on it. Like when, like don't be your what was like don't be your husband's mother or something like that. Stop mothering your husband. And I was just thinking about that in regards to shortcomings in each other's lives it's just not you 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 want to be co-laborers you want to see each other as these like equal as you know these equal partners obviously it's, mm-hmm. it's not a partnership it's a marriage but to view each other as peer-to-peer and not talk down to uh each other at any point but to really just call them up and and to inspire them yeah i mean i think of another area that you've inspired me maybe that's more well the one area that you have inspired me is like with theology and you were willing to, for the sake of my immaturities, not bring it up hmm. for a couple years. And sometimes we have to play the long game with our spouses. Elisha wanted to be able to talk to it's me about It's all a long game with your spouse. And yeah, it's always a long game. That's yeah. the truth. But you wanted to be able to talk to me about these things. These things still matter to you. It still rubbed you wrong when I give you my trite. Well, it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really matter. But you waited and you were patient and you were gracious with me. Mm-hmm. And I think that regardless of which spouse has the immaturity, sometimes we just have to sit back and wait until the time is right. Yeah. It wasn't hard for me to find the other benefits and that came with our marriage. So <laughs> People really rub some wrong when you say stuff like that. What? I'm talking about just like our friendship. My and, personality. Yeah, your personality. <laughs> My great personality. We should wrap it up, Katie Babe. Whoa, did the light just turn blue? Well, I think your eyes are... <laughs> okay. I don't know. Folks, thank you all so much for listening. Thank you for taking the time to put these questions in. We love getting to as many as we can when we have the opportunity to. Talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.